Hey, Bama fans, Matthew Gibson here from Blue Collar Unplugged. When you want to show that Alabama pride, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience. The best and largest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Nike Golf, Champion, Columbia, an amazing college vault of vintage and throwback logos, plus gifts and accessories. The best part? Alabama students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store, and you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass Rewards program. Alumni Hall, located in Midtown Village across from University Mall or anytime at alumnihall.com. Alumni Hall, where Crimson Tide fans shop. You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. The win. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Presented by Crimson Crossover. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler. That's two out of 26 in his last four games at home. Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. 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 So either A, Alabama basketball is forever... It, it, eminent, built eminent. on Arby's. It literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you walk in. Enjoy the show. All right. We're back. Blue Collar Unplugged, Season 2, Episode 11. Uh, I'm your host, Blake Biley, joined as always by Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle. Um, we're coming at you with some late night recording tonight. Late night BCU. Um, last week, Alabama had quite the week. An up and down week, I would say. Uh, you had the the loss by nine to uh, number ten Tennessee, and then they bounced back from that loss with a forty nine point victory over Georgia. Um, so today we're going to be getting into uh, both of those games a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, this week's action with South Carolina coming up on Wednesday and Arkansas coming to town on Saturday. So uh, I think to start we'll just go with. Um, the Georgia game because it's the game that we just watched. Um, so I'll start with uh, I'll start with you, Matthew. Biggest takeaway from the Alabama Georgia game that we saw on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it, with a team like Georgia, it's just Bama's just on a different level of talent. I mean, I you went into that game like knowing Bama was going to win handily. I don't know if you knew forty nine points was going to be the the margin of victory, but. Ridiculous offensive performance. Mark Sears was fantastic. Um, Brandon Miller did his thing as usual. And we had a really good outing from Nick Pringle. 19 points. Um, Just really all-around showing for Alabama. Defensively, the effort was there, too. And um, did a lot of good things on that end. So, Uh, I mean, it was was fun. Not much to say more than there's not been many times where, like, (coughs) Matthew were talking about, you know, one shot goes in, it's like, oh, okay, it's just that kind of day. And as soon as Mark made the first three from, like, rather deep, uh, it was pretty much over. Like, that was that was it. Rather apparent, very fast. Yeah. I mean, dude, Georgia just doesn't have the guys. Jason Holt was matched up on Brandon Miller loosely. I know they were playing zone, but, like, I just... Which, that's a decision, by the way. Yeah. Like, play zone against Before Alex. we even talk about it, anything else. You, Mike White... You sat down on, did they play Tuesday or Wednesday last week? It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. He's, Mike it's White Wednesday. sat down on Thursday and Friday last week and watched film of Alabama and saw that they are one of the most prolific shooting teams in the country. They have a 
plethora of shooters at their disposal um, from multiple people, whether it's Sears or Miller or uh, Burnett or Griffin or Clowney or who am I forgetting? There's guys I'm forgetting. Dom Welch made a three. Dom Welch made a three. He looked great. He looked Um, great. And he said, you know what? 2-3 zone. And we're not changing. What are we doing? Like... LSU did the same thing, like, that opening game um, in Tuscaloosa. I mean, it was... They did, and the only thing I could think of was, like, okay, Tennessee ran a zone, and they won the game. But when they were running the zone, Alabama hit three straight threes. So it's like, what what are you watching where you're... And I'm not claiming to be a Division I head basketball coach or to be able to scheme for teams like a Division I head basketball coach can. But I do know that I watch Alabama play, and I think I don't want to give them shots, wide-open shots. And that's what they did. The whole like first four to six minutes of the game is they had this 2-3 zone, and they rotated it over super far. Yep. Maybe, And that was also credit to Alabama for moving the ball around because the way you beat a zone is by moving the ball. Um, so they, they moved the ball enough over on one side and then would swing it back to the other to where uh, the zone got out of position. Um, they drove the gaps to where the zone had to collapse and kick out. So Alabama did a good job beating the zone because you can't just stand there, and if the ball sticks in a zone, you're, you're not going to beat it. No. Um, so Alabama did a good job executing offensively. But after the, the fifth made three, don't you think – you should switch it up. A you should bit. do something. Get out of and it. They did, and they did too. They switched it up to man a couple times, <laughs> and then what was obvious to me is how badly coached of a defensive team Georgia is. Because even when they were running man, they were helping off guys in like completely terrible situations. Like they would help off of Brandon Miller, or they would help off of Mark Sears. And That's Mark a Sears guy you can't. Help you can't help off. off of either of those. And Alabama's had off. that problem at yeah, times. It is helping off shooters mm-hmm. too much, um, but Georgia definitely struggled. With that, which led to 16 made threes for Alabama at a 47% clip. That'll work. That'll work. That'll do it. And a lot of those were garbage time as well. Like, you take away the garbage time of, like, the last probably five minutes where Haslam would have it go analytically final. And, yeah, like, so you call it there, and it's probably, like, 60%. Like, that's just... Yeah, a lot of misses. But you also had, like... I think Cottrell made a three in garbage time. Quinter made, made a three. Ryland hit the Ryland disgusting made. step back in the mm-hmm. corner. Yeah. Um, Off of some really good ball movement. <coughs> yeah. Well. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me, and um, Jacob, you mentioned this, is like that first three went down, and I was like, oh, they're going to do it again. Like they're going to run them out of the building. And they didn't, like, running them out of the building is, like, an understatement. Like, beating a team by 49 points is insane. And the more insane part is it's the second biggest win of the season. And we were talking about this at home the other day. It's like, the stuff Alabama's doing to teams, specifically in Coleman Coliseum, is absolutely unreal. I mean, it's it's never happened in, like, SEC history to this level, I don't believe in terms of point margin at this point through how many games? We're at 14. 14. Um, I saw a stat, it may have been something from Paris, but I think Bama has like the highest differential in point margin than forever, at least since 
I would believe I, it. Since, like, there's... I've got to like, find the exact stat at some point, but... There's one thing we've done that the only other team that did it was, like, Kentucky in the 50s. Yeah. And there was a three 40-point SEC yes. wins in a season. It was on the ticker on ESPN. On yeah. The lead, yeah. First in time since that. 1956 Kentucky. Um, just the, the level of dominance is completely unheard of. Um, like, if you just go through, like, Ole Miss only lost by 22. That's kind of impressive on Ole Miss's part because yeah. then you had 26 uh, for Kentucky, 40 for LSU, Three for Mississippi State in that really weird game. 57 for Vanderbilt, 28 for Florida, and 49 now for Georgia. And those are all of your home SEC games. Yep. It's it's absurd. That's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's an average margin of victory at home of 32.1 in conference play. We will never see another Alabama team, much less an another SEC team with this level of dominance possibly for decades it's literally never been done it's never been done it's never been done it I like have a hard time quantifying it in like words and like wrapping my brain around it because it just doesn't make sense it's it's hard to contextualize because (coughs) it's literally never been done like right it's just unreal I remember sitting I was sitting with Austin Hannon during the game and we were talking before the game, and we were like, you know, I think they beat them, but, like, 18 and a half is a really big spread to try to cover. And then we look up, and it's 30 to 8, like, six minutes into the game. Yeah. And we're like, they're doing it again. Like, how are they doing this to teams, like, like real college basketball teams? Like, they're not playing D2 teams. Like, they're not playing Stetson. Like, they're not playing, like, another, like, Random, like they're not playing Shelton State, no. like they're not playing JUCO teams. No. These are like D one high major basketball teams that they're just beating over and over again by thirty and forty points. It's it's unreal. Georgia beat Kentucky. Georgia did beat Kentucky, and not that Kentucky's all that this year, but like still, that and to lose by forty nine for any team is embarrassing. Yeah, and like even Vanderbilt, like. Beat Vanderbilt by 57, and they've won, what, five in a row now? They've won five in a row. Beat, beat Auburn. Auburn. Beat, beat Auburn. Tennessee. They did beat Tennessee. Beat Florida. Stackhouse in, in might have saved his job, by the way. He which, did save his job. He saved his job. Easily. I, I think there were a lot of reports of, like, Stackhouse's, like, loosely throwing the game against Alabama. It worked, if, if that's what happened. Like, so Georgia's winning out? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, because, unfortunately, I think that was Mike White trying. Um, <laughs> It's he, I mean, there's just not a lot of pieces that Georgia to work with. No, there's not. There's just Sean Holt. Right. Uh huh. There's Kerry Aquindo. I like Aquindo. He can come. Terry Roberts is pretty good. Yeah. Justin Hill. Justin Hill yeah. hit a good, a few good shots in there. Uh, Bridges is okay. Right. Yeah. He's fine. He's solid. He's I fine. Say he's, he's all right. Yeah. He's just. He made a post hook. He hit a post hook over Charles. Yeah. He did do that. But, like, Georgia doesn't have that much to work with, let's be honest. 108 points, though. Third time this season, Bama's broken 100. One of them took four overtimes. But it's more than than three for breaking 100, is it not? Mm. 103 against – oh, four times. Jacksonville State, 104. Five. five. Vanderbilt, LSU, Georgia, North Carolina, and Jacksonville State. I forgot the LSU game even happened. Yeah, you're right. That's so many times. Three times in conference play. 
Is that good? <laughs> no. Three times in conference play, and then they had 97 against uh, Florida. Yes. And the most impressive part is not just the scoring, but it's in every one of those games. 106 to 66, 101 to 44, 108 to 59. Yeah. Like, that defensive effort is so crazy to have that many possessions in a game, like close to 75 each time, and to hold teams to under 66 points in each of those. The defense is up to third in Ken Palm, which now matches the uh, 2021 team. Led by Herb Jones. Yeah, yeah. Bama has they have the number one two point <laughs> defense in the country, the number two three point defense, and second in effective field goal percentage in defense. That's good. I think that's, that's good, guys. I I also think that's really good. That's gonna work. Uh, That'll do. No, I I think not that this is a bad thing to have a, a good defense in all those categories, but like the thing with Tennessee is like sometimes they experience that really sharp regression, mm-hmm. and it's like oh what what's happening. Uh, so I, I think we've seen that from Alabama, like not even from Alabama, just that that's a possibility is like there is the ability for teams to like come out and just shoot the lights out, like even though it hasn't happened all year, just because like variance. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still been a couple games like Gonzaga, Oklahoma, yeah. it, it happens. But that's by far on the, the far tail ends of, of probability of that oh, yeah. happening. Like I just, it's so impressive what this team's been able to do. We've talked about it. I mean, there's there's a recipe to beat Bama and to get all of the the ingredients is really really hard. Yeah. It, did uh, I was trying to think if Tennessee hit the hit our previous criteria. I don't think they did. Tennessee might be the outlier in that, and that's just a that's just a different game. Is Tennessee, Tennessee it was the a out- physical game? It was in Knoxville. They didn't shoot well enough from no, three. They didn't shoot they, well they enough. They from broke three. the. They didn't have a dominant big. Well, actually, I take that back. Euros was pretty, Euros was pretty, pretty good. Popsich was doing really well. So it, it was Adu. Adu, Adu was great protecting the rim that game. Yeah. Let's talk about that game for a bit. Sure. Um, so I was there. Jacob was there. Hardly, but yes. Jacob was <laughs> wished he wasn't there. We were in the rafters of the rafters. <laughs> in, uh, farther or closer than FedEx Forum? Farther. Really? Uh, farther back. About the same distance up. God. Like FedEx Forum kind of stacks. Yeah. Like in uh, TBA, you're just back. Okay. Like I, I think you could fit the length of a basketball court from the end of the basketball court <laughs> to my seat. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! We, we were, we, we were up there. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> media seating is very friendly in Thompson Bowling. We were like courtside behind the goal, basically. Really? It was like, um, it was like legacy media seating. But they had risers and was like raised you up. Okay, yeah. yeah, so you could actually see the game. Nice. Um, so that was very nice. I was a big fan of the arena itself. Probably my favorite SEC arena I've been in so far. Um, so I like the size of it. Yeah. A lot. How many? It's like what? How many? Twenty. Twenty one thousand. Official. Yeah. The official number is twenty one thousand six hundred seventy eight, and they sold out every seat for that game. Full capacity. It got loud. Was it loud for you all up there? Uh, it was still pretty loud. Like being that far away, we didn't get all of the noise. But like it was, eh, there there were folks there. They they were loud. They spread their student sections out, and they have a student section behind each basket, and they have an overflow student section in an entire upper level corner. 
Hmm. And so they have three student sections. Yeah. Um, which when you have 21,000 seats, you can afford to you give that, that many students yeah. seats. And they packed it out. Um, they played really well. They played really physical. Um, one thing that was interesting about the arena, um, Greg Byrne was talking to us before the game, and he was like just telling us about the arena. And he was like, when they built this, the whole point was that they were building it to be bigger than Rupp. And, like, that was their whole idea is they wanted to build a basketball arena that was, that held more people than Rupp did. And so they built it just huge. And since then they've, like, done some renovations and, like, knocked some seats off. And um, their entire – the side that you see on TV, um, like how there's the court and then the seats behind it, yeah. after that, like, little section, it's just levels of club seating on that side. It's, it's actually really interesting. Really, it looks crazy. It looks like, really cool. It looks like it doesn't like it, the the club seating in Neyland and in TBA looks exactly the same. Like it's built the same way. Really? Yeah. I've never been in Neyland, so I don't I don't know what that looks like. It's just like scaled down to look and fit into basketball. Um, oh yeah, that's that's interesting. Can you see it yeah. from there? No, that's, that's crazy. Actually. Oh yeah, it's like that. So there's your bottom seating. And then that's all clubs, but then on the other side, it's like normal seats. Interesting. And then okay. right there, oh, you can't. it's gonna be like right here. Um, other side, yeah, that's where the media was. Hmm. So it was cool. It was cool. But from an actual game perspective, it Tennessee was just bullying, like in the best way that they possibly could. Yeah. Um, like Plavsic was physical down low. Adu was physical. Ziegler is a very physical defender. Um, and he's so short, like he's five, what is he, five nine? Yeah, five, nine. five ten. And so he gets up under you, and in, like, w- when you're the home team, you're going to get away with more, just naturally. That's just how college basketball works. And so when you have a physical team playing at home in a high-energy environment, like, they're going to get away with more than you're probably used to. Um, so Tennessee was more physical than Alabama. Alabama didn't match it the way that they needed to, um, which led to, Tennessee being able to will their way to a win on top of some good shooting from Vescovy and Ziegler, who were their only ones that hit a three. But it felt like they were hitting one super often. So Yeah, I mean they both hit three apiece. Yeah. So <laughs> and then the physicality of the game led to nineteen turnovers for Alabama. And I think Tennessee had like sixteen or fifteen more shot attempts. Uh let's see. It was something like that. It was one of those games where just for like every single ball that was going out of bounds was just off of Bama, or it was it was a rough game in in that sense. Yeah, for, uh, fifteen more shot attempts, forty eight to sixty three. Yeah, so if you if you give another team fifteen more chances to score, you're not going to win the game. Well. That's just not going to happen. And final score is sixty eight fifty nine. That's a nine <coughs> point game. Realistically, with free throws and just the way, like that's probably a two to three possession game mm-hmm. in that six to eight range. So. Yeah, 15 field goals, even if you shoot, like, if you just get the same amount of field goal attempts, you probably can win that game. Right. But you didn't because you turned the ball over 19 times. And even then, Alabama had the ball down four with, like, a minute and a half to go. Yeah. So they were still in the game and still had a chance to win. I think it was either Gary Parrish or Matt Norlander that was, they were talking about this on the Ion College Basketball Podcast. They were like, um, the fact that, Alabama was even in the game with how poorly they played and had a chance to win shows just how good of a team they are. Because mm-hmm. they played a 
a, a bad game, honestly. Um, like you, you got not really not a great game from Sears. One for six from the field, two points. Um, Miller was he wasn't bad, but still four of eleven from the field wasn't efficient. the best. Bradley was good, um, but then off the bench you got like nothing. Um, Burnett gave you 11 on three or four shooting from three, but Griffin didn't score. Um, Pringle didn't score. Gurley hit one three. Welch didn't score. Quinterly only gave you three points and six and turnovers. Six turnovers. Um, so you, you just can't have that. Just not, not enough offense all the way around. Um, but like we were saying to each other after the game, we were like that, like, Games like that happen. Yeah, and to play to play a really disgusting game like that and to still be in it in the very last couple of minutes versus a team like Tennessee, you're you're a good team if you're doing that. I, I, this is this is one of those games where it's really hard environment. Um, you know, just bad offensive night, really physical game where you weren't getting some calls, and um, you know, obviously you bounce back with a big time win over Georgia. So it's it's not really a point of concern, and I think. With how Bama handled Georgia, there's still a really good chance that they'll be the, the number one team on Monday. I think they have a chance. I think they do. I think they're greatly benefited by, and we didn't even talk about this yet, but the, the selection committee's top 16 yeah. seeds that got released on Saturday. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, every year, they started this in 2017, is three weeks before Selection Sunday, the committee will give their current top 16 seeds and so just kind of see where the bracket stands in their eyes um, with a couple weeks left to go in the regular season. And so Alabama sat at the number one overall seed currently um, but, or ahead of Houston, and the committee chair said that that head-to-head mattered to them um, when he was asked on the show, um, probably because they have comparable resumes or something of that nature. Um, and then the other one seeds were Purdue, who lost last week to Maryland, and beat Kansas, who just got a big win against Baylor. Um, so those were your one seeds at the time of Saturday morning, and then Alabama went one by 50. So when it comes to the AP poll, I wouldn't be surprised to see Houston at number one just because – that's how the AP likes to vote is you lose, you move down. But at the same time, I could see them being influenced by. Well, they the voters have already proven <laughs> that they like Alabama more so than Houston. And one, there's the head-to-head matchup. Two, Houston's, you know, a mid-major school playing the American. They Their best win right now would be what? Let's see. St. Mary's? St. Mary's. Yeah, and it was a 53-48 game. Houston's... Ew! Houston's, yeah, 53-48. Gross. They did just beat Memphis. Um, Without a Kendrick davis list Memphis. Yeah, that is true. Well, what was the final on that? Um, 72-64. Okay, that makes sense, because they, they their efficiency margin dropped by half a point. I Memphis just, came back towards the end of the game. Gotcha. With Bama beating Georgia like they did, I think that gives AP voters, along with Bama getting that one-seed nod, I, I think that gives them all the reason to keep Bama at that one spot over a team like Houston, yeah. especially considering the head-to-head victory inside Houston at the Fertitta Center. I definitely think the argument's there. I, I wouldn't – I don't know how I would – I would probably vote Alabama number one, honestly, just I in terms of, like, overall body of work yeah. and how they're playing. Like, it, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. They've also shown that they, the AP voters have 
respect Tennessee after going 0-2 and, and, like, on a skid. They only dropped them to 10th. So I I just don't think – I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they went the logic of you lose, so you move down. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they leaned towards, you know what, they won by 50. Well, we've already seen the week before Bama um, – Took that one spot. Purdue had lost the game. They stayed at number one. Yeah. It's, it's already happened this year. So I think this if there was a case for Alabama to stay at number one, then beating the dog out of Georgia was the best case scenario. Yes, them. absolutely. Tennessee's weird, man. They, they have wins over Alabama, Texas, and Kansas. But they've lost to Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Colorado. Yeah. That's really weird. They... Them and Arizona have a, a loosely similar resume. Like, just very baffling losses and very impressive wins. Yeah, because Arizona lost to Stanford and... Washington State and Utah. Ugh. I think Tennessee's probably got a few better wins than Arizona does. Arizona has a win over Tennessee. They do have that, um, but then... Besides, and they have a win over UCLA. <laughs> besides that, nothing really... And, like, San Diego State and Creighton. Oh, those are both solid. No, and the Indiana. So I, it's like okay. So basically the same. Yeah, it's like very similar. How about Tennessee getting swept by Kentucky? First time since like twenty eleven. Really? Yeah, which it would surprise me. Even with Tennessee's kind of sustained like, they've been good since like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. They've been consistently good. So that's that's impressive. That's big for Cal. Were um, were Phillips and Jordan James both out for that game? Still, yeah. Yeah. They need them back. I figured they weren't, but they do need them back. Although I think with that game against Alabama, them Plopsic and uh, Adu have been battling for minutes the entire year, and yes. you get thrusted into a situation like that. I think that may have given them a slight physical advantage and yeah. mental advantage there in that sense. I think I, you're probably right. Mayshack too. He played. Yeah, Mayshack was very good. Brandon Miller just about as good as anybody has. Yeah. All Guys year. like that defend him really well. Like he like and guards that are and. Uh, Devo Davis. Yeah. Both defend, and they have like similar frames. Like they're both like 6'4 long. They can like get up under him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know Meg Shaq's exact measurements, but I think it's it's somewhere around there. Um, yeah. But guys like that have given Miller problems before. Yeah. Davis gave him a good one for a half at least. Right. Right. <laughs> Until he got loose. At, he shook loose at the end of the game. Um, so looking ahead for Alabama, you've got two uh, two games this week. One we don't have to really talk about a lot, and that's the one on Wednesday. Um, Alabama's going to South Carolina, who picked up their second, their third SEC win this weekend. Woo! They beat LSU on the road. LSU's terrible. 15 man. straight, 14 straight. What is that for LSU now? 13. 13. Or 14, 14. straight losses, 13 yeah. in the conference. Yeah. Good. They were uh they were 12 and 1 and now they're 12 and 15. Man, that's so bad. There was a very brief talk of them getting ranked because they had just beat Arkansas when they were I remember 12 that. They're like, yeah. hmm, rank LSU. With a, with a two point loss to Kansas point. State. Is yeah, exactly. The, oh, the Ken Palm page is funny. Look at all. It's, it's a block of red. red. A block of red. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really. See, and they're not going to win another game either. No. Vanderbilt. Ole, well, no. they play Ole Miss. At Ole Miss. Oh. And then Missouri, Florida. Yeah. Well, the, Florida doesn't have Castleton. Be they can beat Ole Miss. In Oxford? Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss almost South South Carolina State. Carolina just went into LSU and trounced them by like 10. 
Like they won, they won by they won eighty two seventy three. So I, what you're saying is South Carolina is hot coming into this game. I, <laughs> I mean, they've won two of three. Have they really? Lamont Paris is cooking. They have what won two of three. What was he? They uh, have won two out of three. Very fun early November result that I had forgotten about. South Carolina just beat or beat Clemson. Well, Clemson's going so to Clemson NIT. Clemson sucks. Clemson's so, going to the NIT. So Clemson has lost to South Carolina and Louisville in the same season. <laughs> That's really bad. That's bad. And they oh, were ranked, man. folks. They were ranked. So there's like literally what what you got? Um for their next three games, South Carolina has a four percent chance to beat us, a two percent chance to beat us, and an eight percent chance to beat us. So cumulatively they have a fourteen out of three hundred, so like a four point five percent chance to win a singular game. Oh boy. Nice. And then next three. That's really not good. Yeah, I've just never seen three single digit probabilities. There's I'm gonna be honest, there is nothing interesting about this game. No. Like Alabama's gonna <laughs> walk in they could walk in with their eyes closed and win by twenty. The one thing that would even make this somewhat interesting would be like Gigi Jackson and Brandon Miller. Like No, Gigi Jackson is like the only interesting thing about yeah. South Carolina. That's it. He He's also, good. also hates it there and will admittedly tell you. He <laughs> Have hates you it there. seen the Instagram, the Instagram lives? lives? Of course, yes. Everybody's seen him. He hates it there. <laughs> he is not in their most frequent lineup over the last five games. He's like, they won't give um, me. Is, well, this is showing you. Is Gregory Jackson? On, that's on their depth chart. On uh, the most okay. frequent lineups. He is oh, there. yeah, you're right. He's like, they won't give me the ball in late game. And I'm like. Honestly, I'd be mad too because you're only going to get G- close games. You're Gigi Jackson. You went there. To you're going to be a lottery pick, and you only get so many late games when you play for South Carolina. So many late game situations. Uh, fun stat for South Carolina: they have the 15th best free throw defense. So that's, that's genuinely luck based. Yeah, it's purely. No, no, absolutely. No, I was just clarifying. Like, yeah. there's nothing you hey, as a. They're 46th in offensive rebound percentage. That's top 50 nationally. Unfortunately for them, they're playing a really, <laughs> really good rebounding team. So. so I'm pretty sure that's like... They have Mishi Johnson. He was on one of your charts once, right? He was, he was He was on the radio plot. He was not... Didn't he come from Ohio State? Ohio State guy, yeah. yeah. Is he better off at South Carolina than being there right now? Uh, they have the same... No. no. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Ohio State's bad. Ohio State is bad. They've Holtman South Carolina's won more games than Ohio State has over their last ten. Over their last three, I'm sure. That they've won two of their last. I guarantee you, Ohio last. State hasn't won two of three. No, they haven't. They gave Purdue a run in the first half, and then they lost by thirty. They're, they're <laughs> the Buckeyes. They're close. They're not close. They're well, just close so to far. The CBI. <laughs> Oh goodness! Anyways, we're gonna win. Tuesday. We're Wednesday. Alabama's gonna win by twenty, like minimum, minimum, like minimum twenty. If they show up, they might win by forty. Are they gonna show up? They haven't won. Or they haven't. I was looking at this. They haven't won road games by like a lot, a lot. They lost to Tennessee. They beat Auburn by eight. They beat LSU by ten. They got blown out by Oklahoma. Okay, they beat Missouri by twenty. 
And, and Vanderbilt by Vanderbilt by twelve, Arkansas by fifteen, Mississippi State by eleven. Okay, that's a lot of double digit. They're fine. On the There's road. nothing. I, I think Never the road. Mind. That's not a thing. minimal fifteen. <laughs> minimal fifteen. I think. Yeah. The the LSU game was. Largely, I think minimal fifteen is fair. The LSU game was largely free throw disparity, honestly, and Fountain just decided to have a day. Are you telling me that a team can? shoot less free throws than another team and still win the game? Yes, actually. What? No way. Are you sure? Yes, and that is the story tonight. I don't that, believe that's it. That's the only story. I tonight. do not believe it. Let's talk about the fun game. Arkansas is coming to Coleman on Saturday. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. They're not that good. I'm not sold. Um, they had the stretch where they lost all the January games. And then they had the stretch where they won a lot of February or a couple February games, and it looked like they were going to do the thing where they went out in February. Yep. But then they ran into Mississippi State at home and lost, and then they went to Texas A&M and lost, and then they come home and they beat a Colin Castleton-less Florida by 20. There's nothing you can take away from that. No, there. Florida is now a bottom four team in the SEC with no Castleton. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are. Um, so, I mean, Jalen Graham's better than we thought he was going to be. He had 20-something against Florida. But the Alabama kills teams in Coleman. So, like, it, what are we What are we expecting? Like, Bama by 10? I think like, Bama by 12? I think like 15 to 20. I just... It's, it's crazy that we can talk like that. Yeah. It's, it's insane it's silly that, we, that can, we can say this and mean it. I, I, it's hard. I, I think if there was a team right now that would, on Bama's running schedule, it's going to give them a really tough game at home. I think it would be Arkansas. It, yeah, I agree because like we'll talk about Auburn next week, but like I think Arkansas is a better. They have some talent. I mean, I, Nick Smith Jr. is back. Nick Smith when he gets hot, he's obviously you know still. Working yeah, Nick Smith being back is is huge. He's not. They have the personnel to guard Miller. They we do. saw like either Davis or Walsh are, is gonna, they're gonna do their best to try to slow him down, but it, it feels like everyone on Alabama's team at home hits everything. I don't know about Walsh on defense, but like he he's a long body. He's like, a long he, body, he, but he's just it'll be Davis for sure. Yeah, but like it, <clears throat> everyone hits everything at home for Alabama. Yeah, the, the shooting splits are probably pretty wild. They're probably crazy. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on Arkansas. I'm not. They've got quite, the talent. They do. I'm not quite sold on them, like, I would dare say, like, nearly as a, a tournament team. I don't think they're fully locked in. I think they need a few more wins to feel, like, super secure. Uh, I don't, the only impressive result that they have in the year 2023, to me, is the 15-point win at Kentucky. That was a good win. They almost beat Baylor. They did almost beat Baylor. They beat A&M by 11. Yeah, I mean, at at home, like, that's... Cool. It's, I don't know. That's not as That Baylor win would have been nice for them. Yeah, the 15-point win in Rupp was pretty big, especially after Kentucky had been playing well as of late. They almost lost to South Carolina. Yeah. 
It's just one of those things. If Bama matches Arkansas's physicality, and Arkansas likes being physical with guys like Makai Mitchell and Mikel Mitchell, and um, even Ricky Council can be pretty physical for you know being a six six guard. I, mm-hmm. If they match that, Bama will have no problem with Arkansas. Which they did the first time around. Yeah, they did. Clowney met Mitchell's physicality like head on, and also Charles Bediaco has been playing well despite being injured lately. Mm-hmm. Pringle. Will play like if Pringle keeps playing the way he played against Georgia. Not saying he's gonna have nineteen and twelve every game, but like with the physicality and and the motor that he plays with, Alabama just has a rotation of guys that they can throw at the Mitchell twins at whoever. And Arkansas's not very deep either. No, with their injuries, um, Nick Smith makes it interesting, um, but at the same time, he does not. Are we sure he makes it interesting? Five zero and ten in its last three games back. I'm like he's good. He's Don't a, get me wrong. He's a very good basketball player. He's I a great basketball think, player. He still doesn't have his legs under him. He's not used yeah. to nope. like immediately just he got thrown into SEC play. Absolutely. And he, he that, played, is, that is impossible to do for anybody. It's yeah. like for a guy like Nick Smith, who's like really coming in was the number one player in the country. Like, and and was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's so hard to just jump in the SEC like that and be, like, really productive, and he just hasn't yeah. been yet. Against Mississippi State, 17 minutes, 2 of 7 shooting, 5 points. Against A&M, 4 minutes, didn't score. Um, against Florida, 32 minutes, 4 of 12 shooting, 10 points. I, Never I, had more than one assist. Had two turnovers in two of those games. I'm... He had two turnovers in four minutes against AM. Musselman basically said he was unplayable the second half Wednesday against AM. Like he, yeah. he said, hey, we're hey, trying hey. to win the game and he's not playing. And then it's not Saturday, great. Saturday feels like it, like the game against Florida felt like a, okay, we're clearly gonna win this one. They're without their best player. Like, here's your chance to get right. I I'm not gonna sit here and say I've watched hours of Nick Smith film because I haven't. But what I have seen is he's been underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, and it's tough. Like he's coming off an injury. Like Matthew said, he, he he's getting thrown into SEC play, but I don't know if he like he d- he doesn't move the needle for Arkansas as of right now. Now, depending on what Arkansas does during their midweek game, that could change. If he gets his legs under him a bit more against Georgia at home, at home yeah. maybe. I it just doesn't good chance. Surely, but like that just doesn't. It, it's not going to scare me that much if he has a good game against Georgia. No, like everyone for us had a good game Saturday. Like I, I just, I don't know. I, I think he'll be something to consider. I just don't foresee him being able to do that much against the defense that our guards play, uh, especially with as well as they've been playing on defense mm-hmm. against guys like of his size and what he's been able to do. Damari Burnett will be a fun matchup for him. That'll be very fun. I guess we also didn't have Damari for the last game against Arkansas. That's true. I didn't even think of that. So we're going to be able to open up things in a different way. Uh, shot 45% from three last game against Arkansas. I would expect we will not shoot 45%. Doubtful. But we also only took 20, which is okay. low for us. Uh, they tried to run us off the line, and we had to go inside. Arkansas's last few games, they're they're Georgia at home, then they have back-to-back trips to Tuscaloosa and to Knoxville before they host Kentucky to close the season. Um, If I'm Alabama, I want Arkansas far, far away from the 8 or 9 seed in the SEC. 
because I do not, I would not want to play Arkansas as your first game in the tournament on Friday morning of the SEC. No that that would be very not fun. Um, as of right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're currently the eight seed, but they're sitting at seven and seven in a tie with Missouri and Florida. And you also have Auburn and Vandy at eight and six. Vandy's eight and six. Jerry Stackhouse. And they're the five seed. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt is the five They've seed. been winning some games. They, I, like I said, Stackhouse shaved his job, at least for one more year, the, I think. The double buy is, like, tangible for Vanderbilt. They're a game out of the three seed. Yeah. Like, that's insane. They And they finish with... Not the worst. LSU, Florida. And then at Kentucky and then Mississippi State at home. So they'll finish three and one. Yeah. Uh, if they beat if they beat if they can beat. Four. Yeah. Good. Wow. That's good for Vanderbilt. But Arkansas if you're Alabama, you want Arkansas to win. You definitely want them to beat Georgia, and you're probably gonna want them to beat Kentucky. So they go nine and nine and you hope that that keeps them out of the eight or nine slots. It probably would. Yeah, I would think. It should. Yeah. I'd... Another team that would currently be projected to be nine and nine, Auburn. What are they right now? Eight and six. They're projected to go one and three. A triple the, sweep. The Palm. Maybe. They have a tough ending. They have the same end that Arkansas does, just in a different order. They're at. Rupp and at Coleman, and then they host Tennessee to close out for them. But we'll, I'm sure we'll talk plenty about Auburn. Come Auburn time. Next week. Yes. Um, let's get score predictions for South Carolina first, <laughs> and then for Arkansas. Um, for South Carolina, I'll say Alabama 166. 167. Wow, 106 to 67. 106 on the road? Yeah, I think it I happens. love it. 106 to 67. So you're going with a 39-point victory. I am. I think okay. South Carolina scores 67. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Garbage time. They... Adam Cottrell was going to give up 20 in the last three minutes. He gave up, like, four. The walk-ons fouled night. six times last night. Or, or the other day. They have Ugh. broken South Carolina's broken sixty seven <coughs> three, three times time, yeah, four three. times in SEC play. Sorry, five, including Vanderbilt. Two times in overtime. Man, South Carolina's close. They almost beat Vanderbilt and Georgia. <laughs> wow. They are close to almost being out of Wednesday night sadness, I think. That would put them close to out. Five yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, I think we get like ninety-five to fifty-two. Goodness, I'm not gonna go with that much of a blowout. Not that much. I'm gonna go like eighty-nine to sixty. It's fair. I I will say I think I I forget South Carolina's gym's name. Oh, Colonial Life Arena. It's pretty dark. Coleman's dark. I think the uh, the shooting (laughs) is gonna be on. I, I I really think that's like Colonial Life is nice. It's nice. I just it's like think it's, new. it's darker and it's a little bit dimmer than most arenas and similar to Coleman in that yeah, way. Yeah, that's fair. And that's a big shooting backdrop thing because our guys actually get in the gym and get adjusted to the light. So they make shots better at home. Shame it didn't work in Knoxville. Uh, Another dark gym. I thought I thought it was pretty bright. The seating-wise. Seating-wise? Dark seats. Fair. 
d- bright lights. So it, it offsets. The lights are too bright. Turn them off. No, get those lights <laughs> off. Arkansas. Um, I'll say 85, 69. Yeah. Uh, like 83, 66. Like I, I'm going to go 87 to 87, 65. Yeah. I, I think it's comfortable. Like, I, I just... That feels like a lot now that I say it, but, like, I'm going to stand by it. Our rating at home is unreal. Yeah, it's like, it's just we we said this earlier. Like it, it's you, you can't compete with Alabama at home. No, it's crazy. We'll see if it continues. It, I just don't think they have like the true offense to to really keep up, and they're not going to get the home whistle that they really actually did not get at all when we played there. It was no, it was a thirty-six to twenty-three. We shot thirteen more free throws. It was a physical game, but. Yeah, and I think that's going to not benefit them. Right. Shout out to the guy revving his truck. Yeah, this dude out here is Truly. just going At crazy. 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. Yeah, what are we doing? In front of a church, too. Yeah, honestly. Multiple. There's all Multiple churches. Blocks. For those that don't know, we record inside First Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa. Yes. But, yep. Shout out. I think the last thing we need to do is we need to pick a winner. A winner? For the giveaway. Yes. Let's do it. Let's let's do it right now. What is this? Is the hat know, giveaway right? No, but this is not the hat giveaway. This is the tumbler cup giveaway. Oh my! Now, God. The tumbler is sick. Beautiful looking tumbler giveaway. It's got the it's, basketball trace on there. Yeah, it does. It's very good. Matthew, tell me about the giveaway. So, with the giveaway, we've partnered with Alumni Hall, and Alumni Hall is giving away a very nice Alabama basketball tumbler, as we just mentioned. And our winner for that is going to be Mark Wood, fourteen. Let's so, go. Congrats, Mark. Congrats to Mark. So you can DM any of us. You can DM our podcast account, and we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get, get you that, that cup right away. We we'll will. ship to you. Um, do we know what the next – is there another giveaway after this? I There should be one. I, think I don't know what it will be. One lined up the rest of the year. Yeah. I, I want to say we've got a, a nice QZ coming soon. I believe that it's sweet. down the pipe. I believe so. So uh, for future giveaways uh, to be entered, you uh, follow – Blue Collar Unplugged. Blue Collar Unplugged. Alumni Hall and Crimson Crossover. Yes. Yep. Retweet that, like it, and then you're entered. Perfect. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, but that, I believe, is going to do it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week to talk um, some iBob. Part two. Part two. And hopefully the SEC is could be clenched next Wednesday, or if Texas wow. would be so kind, clenched Saturday. Don't even have to worry. That's about. possible. Season's flying. Only two weeks left in the regular season. Four games left. That's crazy. But, yeah, that's going to do it for today. Um, Thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys next time.